Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Welcome in, Saints fans. Inside Black and Gold, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak talking you up to week 11 against those hated L.A. Rams, but not such a huge matchup like we might have thought in the beginning of the year. Both teams have really been struggling. The Saints at three and six, seven, three and seven. The Rams are three and six. They've dropped their last three. And Jeff, we do not have a quarterback change this week to talk about. Kind of surprising. Yeah, no, this is going to be one of those weeks, right? So we're going to get into we're going to get into the Andy Dalton versus Jameis Winston stuff. DA came out and told us yesterday, Andy Dalton's going to be the guy that's going to pilot this plane directly into the ground, right? <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to have some injury updates. I think there's some interesting things developing with Cam Jordan. I want to talk about that. And then uh, we're going to hear from Deuce McAllister. I thought he had some really interesting comments about both Andy Dalton and David Johnson, who we're going to hear from as well in the second segment. And then we're going to hear from Kevin Schatz, host of the Welcome to the Bandwagon podcast, to get the lowdown on what's going on with the Rams, who, you know, if you think the Saints suck, at least you're not the Rams. Because, you know, they don't even have any fans. I got but a great for- story, too, to share about Deuce when we get into his stuff. Yes. Yes, that is very funny. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll oh, let hey, you tell you heard it. about that already. Yeah, I know. It's very funny, uh, but I'll let you, we'll get into that in a minute. First, here is what Dennis Allen actually had to say when we spoke with him on the conference call, which has become the de facto breaking news call of the week. He loves, he loves giving us breaking news on a conference call for some reason. I think it's because he doesn't have to look at any of us, but this is what he had to say yesterday on that conference call. Yeah, we're going to go with, uh, with Andy. We uh, discussed it as a staff. Uh, I got an opportunity to talk to both quarterbacks. Um, and we feel like right now that, uh, you know, Andy's the direction that we want to go. And, uh, listen, guys, I, you know, I know that's always going to be a hot-button topic, but, uh, you know, if we decide to make any sort of change, that we'll, we'll certainly let you know. I think the overall riding theme with this whole football team is we got a lot of areas that we have to improve on, and, and, and so uh, that's what we're going to focus on. 
that's the direction they want to go. He added that, you know, again, he said this earlier in the week too, that James is not 100%. He probably won't be 100%, which, you know, fine. I'm glad we're admitting that now. But it is a strange thing to hear four weeks after you said that, okay, he's healthy, but we're going with Andy. And it was an offensive decision. Now the offense has struggled and Jameis is hurt again, right? And so that wasn't the only factor he brought up, but it was a, it, it's part of it. And, you know, from what I've been hearing, it's like DA just doesn't believe in Jameis. And I think that's become clearer and clearer as we've gone forward. Well, what's clearer and clearer too is the fact that we're saying Jameis Winston isn't 100%. Why isn't he on the injury report at all? Well, so, you know, I, I have heard that a few times, but keep in mind, like the injury report exists basically to explain why people aren't participating and why and the people who might miss the game. Now, if he is getting in full practices and he is not in danger of missing a game, then he doesn't have to be on the injury report. So he's healthy? <laughs> Again, it's like there's a lot of guys who are dealing with stuff that aren't on the injury report, right? Like... Just because you're not on the injury report doesn't mean you're 100%. Like Alvin Kamara hasn't been on the injury report. He's been dealing with a rib issue all year. Taysom Hill hasn't been on the injury report. He's been dealing with a rib issue all year. But as long as he's a full participant in practice, they don't have to list him on the injury report. Yeah, to me, it just, I guess you want to call it the optics of it look very, just it just doesn't look right when you're saying that Jameis isn't 100% healthy to play. But meanwhile, he's also, he's not in the injury report. And two, he's healthy enough to be your primary backup quarterback so he's just a play away from getting in there if Dalton goes down well and I think that's why he's saying he's not putting it on the health as the reason and I think that's why he didn't want to put it on the health as the reason last time either because yeah I mean he could go in there and play like it is a decision that he's making to stay with Andy Dalton Jameis would go in there and play he said he sat down with Jameis and Andy so it's really he he is answering the health question because we're asking the health question the only reason he brought up the health was because we brought up the health, if that makes sense. Like, he wasn't going to say anything about Jameis not being 100% until he was asked. Yeah, like, I, I, I truly don't believe that his back is fully healed right now. But no, I, it's not. I, to, to, me, to me, it's just odd that it's, it's not on the injury report. But I guess, like you're saying, if he's able to practice fully, it's something you don't have to worry about listing. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of, okay, so, like, the thing is, the injury report doesn't exist to say, okay, these are the guys who aren't feeling well, right? The injury report exists to be a competitive balance. It is there for other teams. It is not there for the Saints. And so the reason you list players on the injury report is because by rule, you have to. If they are not participating in practice and if they are in danger of missing the game. If, if every team had their way, they would not give you an injury report at all. It does not benefit right. the team to put a guy on the injury report. They do it because it's the rules. And so by following the rules... If he is fully participating in practice, you don't have to have him on there. I think that's the case for a lot of guys. Anyway, I don't think it's as, as big a deal as people are making it out to be, but I think it is pretty clear at this point that Dennis Allen does not believe in Jameis Winston. And I don't know if there is any trigger for him to get back in the game beyond DA, I'm sorry, Andy Dalton going down with an injury. Like, I don't think that there's going to, we, he can say it's performance-based all he wants, but I don't believe that to be true. I think that, Andy could go out there and throw another three interceptions and you could lose 30 to 10 and he would still keep that job. I think that's the point we're at right now. See, I'm more on the side where I feel like if we see Dalton struggling on Sunday against the Rams early on, I think there's a good chance after halftime we could see Winston in the game. See, but I, I, I think in a vacuum, 
I would agree with you. If that was just, <laughs> if this was just kind of like, okay, you know, there's no impact of the coaching whatsoever, then yes, it would make sense. If Andy Dalton struggles, you put in Jameis Winston. I don't believe that Dennis Allen believes in Jameis Winston and he wouldn't do it just in the sense that like he doesn't want to have to answer these questions every week. So I just don't believe it. But here's what Deuce had to say on the subject. And I think Deuce had a really good kind of read on the situation. So is it like, well, let's see what Dalton's going to do this game. Then if he does well, he stays in there. If he doesn't do well, then we make changes. What is your take on that? Well, it, it, it's a tough situation. I mean, because, you know, the premises was because the offense was playing really well. The last two weeks, the offense hasn't right. played well. And, you know, we can, we can, we can, you can say, well, they hadn't had this player, that player. Yeah, that's true. All of that is true. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's about performance. And so for them to stick with Andy, that kind of tells you, um, from the mindset of where they were. And, you know, we can say, well, I don't know if James is going to be 100%, and, and, and Coach Allen even said that himself. I don't know if he's going to be 100% at all the rest of the year. Right. But to be honest, no player no player yeah, is exactly. going to be 100% uh, that, that plays in the NFL, you know, as far as for the rest of the year. It, 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 it has to be something from a limitation standpoint, or they just felt, look, offensively, this is what we're comfortable doing. We haven't executed well the last two weeks, but we feel that Andy gives us the best chance to go out there and do what we need to do. And, you know, that's what, that's what they're going with. Yeah. And I think that last part is, is, is exactly right. Like it's pretty clear. This coaching staff feels that Jameis does not operate the way that they want within that offense. And they feel more comfortable with Andy in there. Now, whether you believe that to be true is another question, but I think it, that what they have done and what they have shown you is that that is the case. It's pretty surprising to me, honestly, considering the fact that I believe at least I heard the fact that when Jameis, when Winston was healthy, he'd be inserted back as the starting quarterback. And I guess you're going to say that technically he's never going to be 100% the rest of the season. So, you know, it's Andy's show to run. But, you know, if if there's another stinker performance on this offense where they're putting up, you know, what was it 13 points last game, uh, 10 points last game, 13 against the Ravens, there's got to come into question that they need some kind of spark and you would think it would start at quarterback. If that was going to be the case, it would be the case right now, right? Like that's where I'm at. And I think yeah. that they are, they are fully prepared to, to pilot this plane directly into the ground with Andy Dalton at the controls. And, you know, maybe he's able to turn this thing around. Who knows? The injury report, which we just got a few minutes ago, it's going to be hard to do that this week. Right, like we, what we've seen in this injury report is you are not going to get anybody back, <laughs> or at least doesn't look like you're going to get anybody back that you were without. Right, and you may be missing players that you went into last week with. Right, so if the last week's injuries made it impossible to win, then you are going to be in the exact same situation this week. And what what did you see out of practice today? I've actually been, I have stayed home from this facility all week because I've been feeling under the weather. But Steve has been out there. What did you see out there today? No, the the big glaring absence, obvi- uh, I think, is not seeing Cam Jordan out there. He's been dealing with an eye injury, and he kind of had a tweet that, you know, made you a little concerned of what's going on with him right now. Basically, you know, you can control what you can control kind of thing he put out there, and it makes you think that now missing two straight days of work, We'll see what happens on Friday, though, but there's a really large chance that this will be the first time he's going to miss action non-COVID-related. 
Yeah, it was a cryptic tweet. And it's funny because every cryptic tweet from a Saints player right now is like, oh, he's talking about Dennis Allen. No, that's not what it was. I think he was very much talking about the fact that he has, doesn't miss games with injuries. And if if you're finding out for the first time that you're going to miss a game because of whatever issue he's dealing with with that eye, which was gouged early on against the Steelers and he played through it, basically said he played with one eye, 95% of that game. But those injuries can be significant, especially if you have to have procedures done. You know, like your orbital bone is not the strongest bone in your body. I and mean, you've seen that like a tight end for the Giants. He got gouged in the eye a few weeks ago and he's going to be out for the season. Like he had like his face fractured. So it's like you get hit in the right spot, you know. But yeah, so that's something to watch. Um, he has missed two days of practice. The only guys who got back from this injury report, Josh Andrews returned. He was dealing with an illness. He got back. So it looks like you at least have your backup center. So you won't have to be starting your backup backup center, which would probably be Cesar Ruiz. So really, it just means like instead of having to start Cesar at center and start a backup for Cesar, you at least should have Josh Andrews, um, which better than nothing. Uh, and then you also got Ryan Ramchek, who returned, also had an illness. So whatever illness right. they had was a 24-hour book. Yeah, and I mean, things are going around right now. So who knows? You know, with the change of weather, too, that Maybe happened. Have, what what is it called? Can... Sad? Seasonal Affective Disorder? Right, or right. There you go. Or they're depressed. Uh, I guess you can say, though, at least, thankfully, it's not a COVID situation where they're sidelined for an extended period of time. I mean, the they could have COVID. <laughs> no one tests for it anymore. No, that's true. You're right there. I uh, I didn't think about that fact either. You're right. No one's testing for that anymore. So that's that's really not an issue. It's the flu now. I, I will say, you know, uh, did not see, obviously, Pete Werner still practicing. Didn't see James Hurst practicing. Uh, but the good, I'll say a positive at least, was seeing both in the locker room. Pete Werner had a, a walking boot on last week. And that's completely shed. Looks to be walking fine right now. Uh, hopefully, uh, obviously, you know, still missing practice this week. So it doesn't look like he's on track to play Sunday. But coming back the following week definitely looks like a positive right now to me. Like I said, since he's out of that boot and walking around the locker room, it seems like with no issue. I think Nick Underhill reported that he had surgery, which would explain the boot. And he's ahead of schedule. But I would be surprised if you see him before the bye week. Yeah. How many I mean, weeks we got to bye right now? That's after the Bucks game. So they have three more games. Wow. Okay. Yeah, then, that's, that's December, right? Yeah. But I mean, you know, that's a reasonable amount of time if you're dealing with an ankle injury, right? It's just an awkward amount of time because, oh, and, and here's something that actually, let's go through this and then I want to go into an IR ramp. So Mark Ingram still out with a knee injury. James Hurst, obviously out with a concussion. JT Gray didn't practice today with a hamstring injury. That's one to watch. Marcus Davenport is still out with a calf injury. Jarvis Landry still has that ankle issue. He's been limited the last two days, but he did play through that. Hopefully he can get out there. But I do think he looked limited in that game. And if he is still dealing with this injury, who knows how effective he will continue to be. Cam Jordan missed, as we mentioned. Marshawn Lattimore still out with an abdomen issue. It's a significant injury. You know, like I keep hearing, seeing people saying, oh, he just doesn't want to play. It's like, no, he's dealing with a kidney injury and cracked ribs. Like it's not like something that he's just he's just milking it. There's another one I, I I question the team though on that is the fact that why wasn't Lattimore put on injured reserve? It was pretty clear he was not going to be back in four games. Well, okay, and I'm going to get into that. But okay, so Malcolm Roach was limited with an ankle issue. Pete Werner obviously did not practice with an ankle with the ankle issue, and then Marcus May, who has been limited the last two weeks with or the last two days with an abdomen issue, Andres Pete tricep issue. He is a DNP the last two days. Okay, so injured reserve. Right. 
people seem to question not going on injured reserve as if you go on injured reserve and suddenly you're in like the hyperbolic time chamber and you're getting better at a faster rate because just for the sole fact that you're on injured reserve. No, you just free up a roster spot. So right. unless you need that roster spot, there is no incentive to put a player on injured reserve. Now, I think people have forgotten in COVID, they made it so you had an unlimited number of IR spots that you could bring back, right? That has changed this year. You can only bring back eight players. And so early in the season, you're like, yeah, okay, he's going to miss six weeks. You're going to put him on injured reserve. But now you have used four of those. You have Bradley Roby still on injured reserve. He's probably going to be one of them. You have Eric McCoy on injured reserve. He's probably going to be one of those too. So that means you have six. So like if you had put Marshawn Lattimore on injured reserve, that would mean you're looking at seven slots used when he does eventually come back. If you put everybody that everyone is complaining about on injured reserve and tried to bring them back, you would have already used all eight return slots or at least have accounted for them. So you would then not have any left for the last six weeks of the season, right? So that's why you don't put guys on injured reserve unless you need that roster spot, which uh, that was the case with Eric McCoy, right? You needed to sign somebody to fill that spot. So you put him on injured reserve. Alante Taylor went on injured reserve, right? So you could bring up Chris Harris and sign him to the active roster. So it's not just that they're going to be out four weeks. It also has to coincide with we need that roster spot because as you go down the line, you will eventually run out of spots where you can bring guys back. Yeah, like I said, though, to me, the the whole issue with Lattimore is the fact that, man, I still don't even know if he's going to make it back for the end of the season. You know, you hear about what he's dealing with, and it's just it's disturbing. It hurts, obviously, to not have your top guy out there. And you would think they would need to add more depth at the secondary anyway. It's not necessarily that you need to add depth at the specific position the guy is out at. Sure. It's really, okay, you need a roster spot. But, like, you have guys inactive every week, right? Like, Marquez Callaway was inactive. Like, you can only have 48 guys active on game day. So, if you are constantly having this person, this person, this person inactive, it's not a question of roster spots. Now, if you have enough people out hurt, that you know you have to bring somebody back. I wouldn't be surprised if you see someone revert to injured reserve this week. But I'm just saying, like, it's annoying to see people constantly be like, "Well, why isn't he on IR? He's being out this long." Because like being on IR doesn't help you recover. It just it's that it's really just a calculation of roster spots. And the NFL does that for a reason because they don't want teams to just stash guys on IR who don't need to be there. Now, in Marshawn's case, sure, like he's going to be out a while. It, it maybe it would have made sense to put him on injured reserve, but the team clearly didn't feel like they needed that spot and they put Eric McCoy there instead. So I don't know. But like I, I've seen that criticism a lot. And it's like I think people haven't adjusted to the fact that the COVID rules have cha- or the, the rules have changed since COVID in terms of injured reserve and returns. And you can also elevate guys from the practice squad three times, and that doesn't count against your active roster limit. So that's part of it too. Yeah, I mean I mean the, the hits just keep on coming with this squad. It's just been a lot of frustration, I think, and that's what's, you know, helped build a lot of angst, been percolating because of that. Yeah, well, it's here's the thing. Like, I think there is a lot of reasons you can go out and criticize this coaching staff and the front office and some of the decisions they've made. I think that's grasping at straws. <laughs> like, I think that's just looking for something to complain about. Because, like, yeah, they're dealing with a lot of injuries, but, like, you hope to get guys back. You know, like, Mark Ingram, I think they would hope to get him back at four weeks. So 
if you put him on IR and you bring him back again, you, you know, you're limiting that. So the issue is you have guys that are going to be out for extended periods of time. And I don't know how you work around them. Like Pete Werner, Eric McCoy is obviously on IR, Mark Ingram, Marshawn. And so it's just, that's a lot of inactive players that you don't really have a chance to fill in for. When the, the inactives on game day are all five hurt players, then that's tough because it really limits your ability to do a lot of things. And, but again, but that's not even the case right now, right? Like Marquez Callaway was inactive so we could get a, a great look at Kevin White on a, on the go route. And so, you know, clearly they don't feel like they need that roster spot. Yeah. In case that rant feels like it's been saved up for a while, it has. Cause I just like, there's so many, just so, so many critical people on like social media. Like everyone's got a, everyone's got all the answers, you know? <laughs> that's that's your you know the negatives about social media obviously is that everybody's an expert yeah right everyone knows everything and everyone all the coaches are dumb as long as things aren't going the way that they think it should go i don't know <laughs> that's all that's all i got there any other injury notes you want to make before we move on no just the fact that uh you know seeing more of trevor penning at practice is a, a yep. positive and hopefully you know i don't he's not going to be ready for this week but you know, possibly, uh, you know, the the following game, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, he's still a guy that not just is getting into, you know, back in the flow of things, but he's got to get into game shape. Yeah, yeah, I think he's getting closer. I think you wanted to see a full week of practice from him before you made a determination one way or the other. And you're not going to throw him into the fire this week. But that means that you're looking at probably another week of Landon Young, maybe Lewis Kidd. A left tackle uh, because James Hurst still hasn't cleared the concussion protocol and maybe he does tomorrow but it seems like it's a long shot and so yeah that's it's gonna be rough all right that's gonna wrap up that segment of inside black and gold we're gonna come back and talk more about David Johnson guy on the practice squad who I think you're gonna get the good look at the next few weeks and we have a full interview from him then we're gonna talk to Kevin Schatz from the welcome to the bandwagon podcast give us a lowdown on the Rams stick around 